The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Now, here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. We have signings. Carlos Rodon to the San Francisco Giants, and Clayton Kershaw has returned to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Welcome in to an emergency edition of Fantasy Baseball today on Friday night, March 11th. I am Frank Stanfield, joined by Scott White, and let's start with the biggest move of the day thus far. Carlos Rodon has signed a two-year, $44 million deal with the San Francisco Giants, after reports that medicals were, quote, actually very good, according to, again, reports, I believe those were from Andy Martino and Scott, lots of people saying this was the best possible landing spot for uh, Carlos Rodon. And really, it's hard to argue with it. I think, if anything, the financials. That's what I'm excited about here. The fact that the Giants were willing to give Carlos Rodon two years for $44 million when the White Sox did not offer... Carlos Rodon, the qualifying offer, which was one year around $17 million. What do you think about this deal? And what do you think about the fantasy upside now of Carlos Rodon with the Giants? I feel like you just, you took the words right out of my (laughs) mouth, Frank. I don't know what I, what else I have to talk about (laughs) at this point. Uh, No, I mean, yeah, that's what it was going to be. One of the most interesting things to me, how much Carlos Rodon actually got, would he get one of those one year prove it type, offers that players so often get when they're coming off a down season. I, certainly he didn't have a down season. He had an incredible season, a breakthrough season, a season where if he had enough innings to qualify, he would have been right up there with Corbin Burns in both in terms of both ERA and and K per nine. I think Burns was slightly ahead in K per nine, like a hundredth of a K per nine. <laughs> but uh uh, but Rodon actually had the better ERA, and uh, it, he was amazing until August when his shoulder started acting up and uh, spent some time on the IL, came back, was averaging about three miles per hour less on his fastball, uh, which was certainly cause for alarm. I mean, that's a big drop. And when there's a shoulder injury that corresponds to that, yeah. Reason for concern. That's how he. That's how he finished out the season, and so that's why we wondered if um, if teams would be a little scared. Now he did only get a two year deal. He didn't get a five year deal, or what maybe he would have gotten if he did finish completely healthy. Uh, but still, uh, it wasn't that kind of one year prove it deal. The Giants were willing to guarantee him a second deal, and for pretty high average annual value. So I find the terms of the contract pretty encouraging. And yes, you mentioned he's going to San Francisco, which is one of the more pitcher-friendly places to pitch. Maybe even the pitcher-friendliest place to pitch. 
And I didn't notice this about Carlos Rodon until I was looking into it just now, but it gives up a lot of fly balls. Pretty extreme as far as that goes. Uh, now, I it doesn't look like he had good home run luck last year because the quality of contact was so poor against him. Uh, but if you were worried about that, normalizing the number of home runs he gave up relative to the number of fly balls he gave up, it's encouraging that he's going to San Francisco because that, that should... That should relieve those concerns as well. And then, of course, I mean, the Giants, they're looking to contend. They have strong supporting cast. Uh, it's its a very good situation for Rodon. Um, and, and, you know, obviously the Giants seem to know pitching pretty well. They've had a lot of success signing veterans in recent years, Kevin Gosman most notably, but also Alex Wood and Anthony Desclafani. Even Drew Smiley for the little bit of time he was there sort of peaked in a way he never did before. Uh, Rodon doesn't need nearly as much help as, as those guys did. So, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything you, you could hope, you could hope for, for Rodon, he accomplished with this signing. And uh, I, I only moved him up like a spot in my rankings but I, I already was ranking him pretty aggressively and just kind of knowing I wasn't going to draft him. <laughs> you know, just kind of ignoring him whenever he came up in my rankings. Now, I might have to give it serious thought at this point, taking him, actually. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. He was amazing last year. He was the SP11 in Roto in just 132 and two-thirds innings pitched, the SP12 in fantasy points per game. So just to put that in perspective, how good he was on a per-start basis, 2.37 ERA, 0.96 whip, 185 strikeouts, over 132 and a third innings pitched. Scott, you mentioned fly ball pitcher, 45% fly ball rate. That is massive for a starting pitcher. So moving over to San Francisco, Bigger ballpark. I know traditionally um, it's been regarded as a pitcher's park. The past couple of years, it's played a little bit better for offense, but ultimately a great landing spot for Carlos Rodon. They do a great job with their starting pitchers the past couple of years. Um, Not that he doesn't come without risk. Again, like he dealt with a shoulder injury last year. He's dealt with shoulder injuries in the past. The velocity Mm -hmm. fluctuated in that second half. Let's talk about the price, Scott. You mentioned that you moved him up one spot in your rankings. He is currently the SP34 off the board, according to Fantasy Pros. The ADP is 108.8. And let's compare him to other players in his range. One spot ahead of him, Justin Verlander, your guy. I think I know who you're going with here. Justin Verlander (laughs) versus Carlos Rodon. Who you got? Yeah, I also moved Verlander up when I was making those adjustments in my rankings. So yeah, Verlander over Rodon. All right, so how about Rodon versus the next pitcher ahead is Blake Snell. Who would you rather have there? Yeah, that one I was struggling with. I I went ahead and and left Snell ahead of Rodon, but that could change in spring training. Like if if spring training starts and Rodon's throwing 95 plus with his fastball, looking like he did for 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 his healthy stretch of last season, then I think it's pretty like he could he could shoot way up my rankings. I, I I don't know that it's possible he could move ahead of Justin Verlander, but it may be possible if if like he if if the velocity seems to be all the way back in spring training for Rodon. Because I mean, yeah, just 
inning for inning, he was top a top five pitcher last year. So, uh, yeah, that would that would be something to think about. How about and, Ro- and I didn't mention this, but like even when he was not throwing as hard in September, in those five starts, he still had a two thirty five ERA, point nine six WHIP, and nine point eight K per nine. Mm-hmm. You know, so like he, yes, I. A, a, a jump in fastball velocity fueled his breakout last year, but there may have been more to it than just that. And I think it's worth mentioning, Scott. I mean, he made one start in the postseason. You know, whether he was just jacked up for that start, he didn't really go deep into it, but he, the velocity was there in that one postseason start as well. He averaged right around 96 miles per hour on the fastball. How about Rodon versus that group of hype breakout starting pitchers? Rodon. McClanahan, Trevor Rogers, Dylan Cease are taking Rodon ahead of all of them. Yeah. All right. Yep. Fair enough. Let's move over to Clayton Kershaw, who is back with the Los Angeles Dodgers on a one year, $17 million deal with incentives. Interesting of note because, again, they did not offer him the qualifying offer qualifying offer. Thank you, Scott. And which was right around one year, $17 million. But ultimately, they wind up resigning him for something similar. I guess he can make more of that with the incentives here. Clayton Kershaw was still really good last season. 3.55 ERA, 102 whip, 144 strikeouts over 121 and two-thirds innings pitched. His swinging strike rate was a career high. I mean, we're talking about a Hall of Fame pitcher in Clayton Kershaw. 16.7% swinging strike rate. Again, it's got another one where he doesn't come without risk. He was shut down last year because of a forearm slash elbow injury. But when he was on the mound, he was still really good. So what do you think about him returning to the Dodgers? The ADP is 130.2, the SP38 off the board. Yeah, I'm a little less sure what to think about this one. Uh, because it was, he, he, he did sort of get a one-year proof-it deal, right? And you wonder if that's because... No team was willing to make him a multi-year offer. You wonder, though, if if he wasn't really looking for a one-year or a multi-year offer because he'd talked some this offseason about retirement, and maybe he wants to revisit that idea next offseason. Uh, he may have also accepted a bit of a hometown discount from the Dodgers. Obviously, it's it's the only organization he's ever been a part of. So um, I, I don't know that we can read too much into the terms of the deal like we can with Carlos Rodon. But I'd feel a lot better if it was a multi-year deal that Kershaw signed. The other thing is his health. Like Carlos Rodon's health situation was kind of vague, and so that made it scary. But what the shoulder injury was actually classified as was shoulder fatigue, which you know it 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 seemed like it could be bad because the velocity was down so much. But shoulder fatigue doesn't sound like a scary injury, right? Uh, Kershaw's elbow injury. There, there was some talk of him maybe needing Tommy John surgery, right. and I don't think that's, you know, what. Once that is brought up, it's never totally put to rest. You know, <laughs> for sure. Um, he says he's healthy now, but he's a little behind in in his preparations for the season. I don't know if he's going to be ready for opening day. I don't know if he's going to be ready at all. Right? Like it could be. <laughs> remember the Braves signed Cole Hamels to that one-year deal a couple years ago, and did he make a single star for them? I, I don't know. Like That happens sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I'm not... 
I've I've been pretty unsure how to rank Clayton Kershaw this whole time because yes, as you point out, he still was very effective last year before this this trouble with the elbow came up, and and his track record is what it is, and you don't want to bet against a guy with that kind of track record. But it's um, I I don't know. I, I hope we get a chance to see him pitch this spring because if we don't, I, I think I think I'm going to treat him like he's radioactive almost. Like uh, you know, he might have to be there out after the top 150 for me to take a shot on him. Yeah, both of these pitchers, we want to see what the velocity looks like in spring and how their their body, their arms react to pitching in games again following what happened last season. Again, Rodon with the shoulder injury and Clayton Kershaw with the forearm slash elbow injury. The ADP, as I mentioned for Kershaw, is 130.2. Scott, would you rather take a shot on Carlos Rodon around 108.8 or Clayton Kershaw at 130.2? So probably like a two-round difference between the two. Uh, I'd be, like to take a look at who's going around them, but without taking the time to do that, I'm going to say Rodon. I just, I have a lot, I have a lot more confidence in Rodon at this point. Clearly, yeah, the pitcher is going just between them. We mentioned again, like Justin Verlander, just ahead of Rodon. You'd much rather have him, but between Rodon and Kershaw, it's Pablo Lopez, Tyler Malley, Zach Gallen. I know you like Lopez, but I, I know for sure those other pitchers you're not really in on, right? Right. No, I, and I was thinking beyond just the pitchers. Um, so Kershaw is going right there in the middle of the profit pocket at first base. That's fun. Uh, That's while, fun. While Rodon is, uh, you know, Framil Reyes, uh, Bobby Witt. He, he's going among hitters that I'm not sure really deserve to go ahead of the profit pocket at first base. I mean, we, that's why we call it the profit pocket is because we think they're going too late. That's right. So, yeah, I don't I don't feel like the 30-pick gap between Rodon and Kershaw, you really lose anything. So I'll just, I'll say Rodon. Overall, are you in on either of these guys, out on either of these guys? Final Look, thoughts. I, I still think... Just the way the 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 way I'm going to build my teams, you know, em- emphasizing Verlander where I emphasize him, and you know maybe dipping into that profit pocket at first base, you know, going after going for Kyle Schwarber likely, who goes in the same range as Carlos Rodon. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't know that it's going to Rodon's going to be on my radar very much. But I'll at least be open to the idea now in a way I wasn't before with him. All right. A couple other news items we'll wrap up with here. Trevor Bauer has been placed on administrative leave for seven days while the, not the, while MLB investigates a possible (laughs) suspension, according to John Heyman of the MLB Network. So again, this is what we mentioned. Isn't it just MLB Network, Frank? Not yeah. the MLB Network. Well, hey, man. At this point, I'm 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 just reading whatever's written, man. Uh, you know what? <laughs> it, it it does sound weird, like just the syntax, you know? Right. While MLB investigates, as it like it's, it just sounds more natural to say the MLB. Yeah. People are so uptight about. And it. I understand, yeah. right? Like, look, saying the Major League Baseball, obviously, it's not right, but. The right. MLB network eh, sounds a little bit better, I think. Certainly, if you say RBIs instead of RBI, then you should probably say the MLB instead of MLB, right? Yeah, well, I, I'm normally a, a just RBI guy, Scott, versus RBI. CBS RBIs. has told me to be, so that's why I am. But. Yeah, 
Adam deep, Azer. Deep in my heart, I'm an RBIs guy. Yeah. True story. Uh, there's not many things that Adam Azer has yelled at me about, but one thing that he has is he's like, why do you say RBI versus RBIs? I'm just like, I don't know. Runs batted ins. Doesn't really make sense. I don't know. But whatever. It's semantics. Anyway, this is why, you know, like talking about Trevor Bauer from a fantasy perspective is hard right now because we just don't know what's going to happen. So again, he's yeah. placed on administrative leave. The MLB is going to investigate. They can suspend him for games, even though he was found not guilty in anything outside of Major League Baseball. So just keep that in mind when drafting him or presenting any type of optimism for him in fantasy baseball. Things could still happen. So it's basically up in the air right now. The other news item I wanted to mention, Andrelton Simmons signed a one-year, $4 million deal with the Chicago Cubs. There are incentives involved there as well. I would imagine this takes them out of the running for Carlos Correa. Again, the market for Carlos Correa is one of the most interesting for me right now, Scott, because I just don't know who is going to pony up all this money for Carlos Correa. It sounds like... While everyone just assumes that the Yankees are going to be involved here, they have middle infield prospects that they're very excited about. And everything that I've read is that they're looking for a stopgap, one-year type of situation at shortstop. Then 2023, they turn it over to Anthony Volpe or uh, Oswald Peraza, whatever it might be. But I don't think that they're going to spend all this money on Carlos Correa. So if the Yankees are not doing it, I don't know who is. I don't know if it's... Do the Astros try and bring him back? The Dodgers get involved somehow. Another team, the Red Sox, maybe the Angels, something like I just don't know. But I do know that Angleton Simmons signing with the Cubs tells me that they're probably not going to be signing Carlos Correa. So that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. And and of course, Simmons has virtually no fantasy value at this stage. Right. Of course. It, it is interesting from the perspective of the Cubs have built a ground ball oriented pitch to contact staff. Signed sure. Stroman, Marcus Stroman this offseason. Already have Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Wade Miley is there too. We're not that interested in Wade Miley, but he was pretty good last year for the Reds. Uh, yeah, this this only adds to my interest in Hendricks, and it, it's good news for Stroman. In deep leagues, you know, you might not go after Nick, Nico Horner as hard, but he was, I, I didn't see him as particularly exciting anyway. I don't think there's enough power there. And, uh, or, you know, there, there's modest steals potential, maybe, but not enough power to make it worthwhile. You know, while you were talking about the effect that Angelson Simmons has on Nico Horner, I thought about Carl Sordon signing with the Giants. Pour one out for our guy, Tyler Beatty. And by our guy, I mean, I bid on him in the Scott White Dynasty League. So uh, I think he probably doesn't have much value now because the rotation seems like it's set. Logan Webb, Carlos Sordon, Anthony Desclafani, Alex Wood, and Alex Cobb. Any of those guys get hurt, Tyler Beattie probably gets an opportunity, but outside of that, uh, probably not. And again, this is for the deepest of leaks. We're going to wrap there. For Scott, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching this emergency edition of Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again on Monday or maybe sooner. Bye-bye. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. 
They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com Collaboration Tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.